Wasn't that a beautiful song? And a beautiful dedication ceremony. We're so blessed in our church to have the word of God and the fellowship and the love. And the kids see it and they want to follow it. And it's such a blessing. All the little ones, they're the church of the future. That's what Adel calls them, the church of the future. And that's what they are. They're going to grow up. And if the Lord tarries, they're going to take the torch and they're going to run with it. And it's all because of you folks who raise your kids in the fear of the Lord. Praise God. Shall we just open in a brief word of prayer? Father, we just call upon you now to help us to understand your word, to apply it to our lives, to go forth with something in our hearts that will challenge us and encourage us this week. Help us, Lord, to be a blessing to others and to grow in our faith. And we pray now that you'll hide me behind the cross. And we pray that the word of God will go forth and touch every heart. And so we commit it to you now and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Robert Fulgham wrote in the Kansas City Times, most of what I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sandbox in the nursery school. These are the things I learned. Share everything. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. When you go out into the world, watch for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. Oh, what wise words we could follow, wouldn't it be? And I think maybe children should be in charge of the world. They do a much better job than we adults. We've made a mess of things, right, in the world. Kids have it because they learn it from their young years. And these are the kinds of things that show how we should get along with each other. If we could just find ways to get along better together as a society. But one thing we have as Christians, we have the love of Christ. And that draws us together in Him. And we can put into practice the principles of the Word of God. The title of our message today is Coming to Christ as Little Children. You know, we just witnessed two wonderful children being dedicated, Micah Keenan and Mia Rios, and they need to be taught. They need to be trained and disciplined. And so, too, God needs to do the same with us because we are his children. We are his little children. And when Alan got up and shared today, I was saying, praise God, it confirms the message. It's such a blessing what he said, because I was thinking about this very same thing, how privileged we are to be children of God. There were many titles of Christians in the Bible, Christians, saints, believers, but the best one of all to me is children of God. It's so personal. It's so precious. And that's why I'd like you to say with me today, I am a child of God. 
Let it sink into our hearts. He's our heavenly father and we are his children. And just as the children learn and grow and they grow up and become older and older, but we as God's children will be always his little children. You know, my mom and dad had two sons. My older brother, who is 14 years older than myself, Jim, and myself, and you know, I'm the youngest, so I'm always considered the baby of the family. If you're the youngest, you're considered the baby of the family. I'm the baby of the family, and I'm almost 66 years old. I'll always be the baby of the family, and I don't mind it. I think it's precious, I think it's beautiful. And there's three things that children have that we need to emulate as children of God. Number one is children are dependent. They're dependent. Number two, children believe and trust with that simple childlike faith. And number three, children imitate and obey. And these are the three things, if we can apply them to our Christian lives as children of God, to please him in everything that we do and say. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5, we'll read Jesus' words to his disciples. Now we know on at least one occasion, and there's more than one, I think there's two or, or maybe even more, the disciples always debated who was the greatest. You know, one said, I'm the greatest. The other one thought they were greatest. Uh, John and James's mother, the mother of Zebedee, she wanted her sons to sit on Jesus' right hand and his left hand and to be great and so forth. And so instead of rebuking them, instead of putting them down and making them feel bad, he just teaches them with an object lesson here in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 5. It says this, reading from the New King James Version. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of God? What a question, right? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. First of all, children are dependent. You know, there's a big thing in the world today, and it's been going on for years now, but people want their independence, and they want to be independent. I want to make my own decisions. I want my way. I'm going to do it this way and that way. But God never intended for us to be independent. He, de he requires, in fact, dependence. He wants us to be dependent upon him for everything. Big things, medium-sized things, and even in the little things, to depend on the Lord before we do anything, because we want to do His will, and we need His strength and power, and He will do it for us. We want to be dependent on Him. Kids, children, they're dependent on their parents for everything, for their food, for their clothing, for their shelter, 
And you never see kids worrying about those kinds of things, do you? They just know that daddy and mommy are going to provide for me. And we should know that too. Our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, which is really another word for Daddy, is going to take care of us. I know from my experience, and you, I'm sure, have had the same experience, that He has taken care of us all our lives. And He's not going to stop now. Not until we walk through those pearly gates and enter into heaven. Until then, He's going to take care of every need. He's going to solve those problems for us. He is going to take over. He's going to help us. We had two lessons on Wednesday night for the men in the Kingdom Man series. One of them was, I got it, meaning the, the Kingdom Man needs to take responsibility for he and his family, and he's got to say, I got this. But he can't do that until the next chapter, which was, God's got it. So when God's got it, we can say we got it because he gives us the power and the strength and the wisdom to do it. And so we need to be dependent on the Lord. And it just so happens that I had in my text, which I have here, the verse that Alan shared this morning, and I would say, amazing, Lord, how the Holy Spirit works. 1 John chapter 3 and verses 1 to 2. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. And such we are. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him and we shall see him as he is, like father, like son, like our heavenly father, like us as his little children. I love the fact that the Lord knows us so well. He knows our needs. He knows what we're going to ask even before we ask him. And one of my favorite verses from the Old Testament is Isaiah 65 and verse 24. And it says this, and it's speaking about the millennial reign, but it also has relevance to our life that we can apply as Christians. It says, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Even before we ask, God is already working to answer our prayers. Isn't that wonderful? And he's our heavenly father. He wants to give us good gifts. Every good gift and every perfect gift, it says in Scripture, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Our Heavenly Father loves us, and He wants the best for us, and He wants us to grow, and He wants us to mature into mature Christians, but never to forget, even though we grow and mature and get older, that we're still His kids. We're still the children of God, and I love how Adel said up to seven years old. I would put it like zero to five, those formative years, but you can put it up to seven. That's fine too. They're all good. But it has to start early because as you learn the word of God, it's in their, it, they have it in their hearts. The kids have it in their hearts. I still remember things I learned when I was like 12, 13 years old and even younger uh, about the things of God. And it, they still come back to me. The Lord brings it back to me 
all the time. Hymns that I learned and scriptures that I learned. What a blessing. We have to have dependence on the Lord, just like a child depends on his parents, because God provides for us, he helps us, he guides us, and he disciplines us too when necessary. And that shows his love for us. There was a lady by the name of Lady Colross, and she said to this man, John Livingston of the Coventers, these words, Since God has put his work into your weak hands, Look not for long ease here. You must feel the full weight of your calling, a weak man, but with a strong God. And when we're the children of God, he is our strong heavenly father, and he will be with us and provide for us. We need to go to him for everything, as I said. There was a sign, and I used this in my message one time, long, long time ago, but this is a, a, relates to what we're saying today. There was a sign in a textile mill that said, when your thread becomes tangled, call the foreman. Well, there was a young woman who was new to the job, and she was a little ashamed to have to go to the foreman to ask him how to solve this problem. She said to herself, I'll just straighten this out myself. Okay. She tried, and she tried, and she tried, and it didn't work. Finally, the situation only worsened. You know when you've got all this thread and it's all tangled up? It's hard, especially around Christmas time with the Christmas lights, right? They get all tangled together. Well, this was a tangled thread. So she went to the foreman, and she said, I did the best I could. He said, no, you didn't. You should have called me. And that's true. The Lord can say that to us, to us as his children. You should have called me. I would have solved it. I would have provided for you. I would have taken care of it. But by you trying to solve it yourself, you made a mess of it. We call it in the world a hot mess. You know? <laughs> I learned that when I was working around some of the young people uh, in my job at Lending Club in, in San Francisco. They used to talk about a hot mess. Well... A hot mess is bad. Things are all over the place. And sometimes kids get into that, right? As you told me a very interesting story about children this week, I was eating a banana after the men's prayer meeting, and he said, did you hear the story about the little boy who ate the, the banana? And I said, no, I didn't hear that story. Well, it was on the news. It was over, I believe, in India. Is that what you said? I'm sorry? Korea. Korea. Korea, in Korea, okay, in Korea. And on the wall, they had a banana, and it was a real banana, but it was a very expensive banana. Guess how much this banana cost? A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars maybe? That would be pretty expensive banana, right? One hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yes, I said it right, a $120,000 banana, and it was up on the wall, and it was a real banana. Well, all of a sudden, a little boy came along, and he was hungry like I was, and he wanted to eat this banana. And so unbeknownst to the people in the room, he went up, he reached up, I don't know how he probably got it, it must not have been too high off the ground, he, he got the banana, and he ate the $120,000 banana. 
Amazing what kids can do, right? But when you think about it, we as children of God have probably done worse than that, right? We've got ourselves into a real mess, and, and we made it worse and it worse, but the Lord is always there to lift us up, forgive us, put us back on track, and said, it's okay, because God can replace the $120,000 banana. The world might not be able to replace it, but God can replace it. And whatever we do, we give him the credit and the glory. So first of all, children are dependent, and as children of the Lord, his children, his little children, we need to depend upon him for everything. Number two, not only that, but children believe and trust. And I love that about little kids, especially the ones three, four years old, five, six, seven years old. They have a childlike simplicity. And when they pray, God answers. And when they, when they pray, they don't look at it such, well, this is an impossible situation. I don't know how it's going to happen, Lord. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. This is a hard one. This is going to be... They don't think that way. They just know and love the Lord and know that he can do it. So they don't doubt him. They don't doubt things or, or complain or anything like that. They just say, okay. My parent told me this is going to work. It's going to work. God told me it's going to work. It's going to work. And that's the way we as children of God should be. The situation is not too difficult for him. We just have to believe and trust. And that's just like a little child. Children are innocent and unpretentious. They don't complicate things. They don't make it more difficult than it really is. They break it down to its simplest terms. God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. I love that little song. It's so, so beautiful, and it relates to this very well. And when we approach our Heavenly Father, we should approach Him in faith, believing, trusting, and not questioning or doubting. I love the hymn that we sang this morning, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. I am one of God's little ones, one of his little children. And when we humble ourselves like a little child and we come to Christ and we say, Lord, I have sinned. Please forgive me. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior and forgive me. And when we do that like a little child, we can, we can be such a blessing in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 2, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you cannot enter, the, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. But what we have to do is we have to get off our high horses and we have to get down on our knees and we have to ask the Lord for his help. And that's what he does. And he saves us, and he puts us on the right road, and he makes us his children. Because you know what kind of children we are? We're adopted children. We weren't born the first time into God's family. We were born into the earthly family, into Adam, right? But when we're born again, we're born in Christ, and we're born into the family of God. We become children of God and sons of God. And we have all the privileges of sonship 
the Bible says. And we are so blessed. And we should, we should have that simple, childlike faith and trust in the Lord. I don't know if you've heard of the name Horatius Bonar. Have you heard of Horatius Bonar? A famous Christian preacher, Scottish preacher, and hymn writer, and he, he was a great man. Well, he went and asked 253 of his Christian friends. That, isn't that amazing? He had 253 Christian friends. And I praise God that I have many Christian friends in this whole church. And I am so blessed to have so many friends. Well, he went out and did a survey on his own way back in those days in the 1800s. And so here's what he discovered from those 253 people. He wanted to find out the ages that they were converted to Christ. So the first group was under 20 years old. 138 were saved before the age of 20. So important, as Adel was saying. Now, between the ages of 20 and 30, 85 were saved. Between the ages of 30 and 40, 22 were saved. Between the ages of 40 and 50, 4 were saved. Between 60 and 70, 1 was saved. And there was not one that was saved over 70. It goes to show that children have that capacity to be saved and to believe and trust in the Lord. And it's so beautiful because you see these little children coming to Christ. And it is fantastic. Now, they have to understand what sin is, and they have to understand that they're a sinner and that they need a Savior, and that's where the parents, you come in. And that's where the Sunday school, that's where you come in. But they have that simple, childlike faith, and it's so beautiful. And that's the way we should have it as well. So we need to be dependent on the Lord, and secondly, we need to have that belief and trust in Him as our Heavenly Father. And third, we need to imitate and obey. Training a child must start immediately, as we said, as children need to obey their parent. And Paul said these beautiful words in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, that relate to that. He says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Do you notice that kids always want to imitate their parents, right? So they put on their shoes and their little feet go into those big shoes. They don't fit, but, but they feel so good because I'm wearing daddy's shoes or mommy's shoes. And, and then they might put on some of the clothes, you know, your clothes, they're really big on them, but they want to be like you. And so it's a big responsibility as parents, because you have to set the example so that they will follow that example. Because if all you do is teach them the words, but don't back it up by your life, it's not going to work. We have to teach them and we have to obey the Lord ourselves because we are the children of God. We had this verse today in, in our scripture memory class that was so beautiful because obedience is so important and love and obedience go together. It says in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we as the children of God love him and we want to keep his commandments. 
We want to do what he wants us to do and be a blessing. Yes, it's very important. Do you know that the Apostle John, who was the, he was the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? He reclined on Jesus' bosom. Ten times in his first letter of John, he uses the term little children. Ten different times in that short book of five chapters, he uses that term. And one of the references in 1 John 3, 7, and 8 says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So let's remember today, you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. Our behavior, our words, everything we do should be an example. And when people see us, they should see the Lord in us. And we should represent our Heavenly Father in all that we do. And we should want to please Him. We should want to serve Him out of love for Him. Yes, it's one of the most beautiful titles we can have as Christians to be a child of God. And as little children, to be dependent upon Him, to believe and trust in Him, and to imitate and obey Him. And if we do those simple things, those simple childlike things, and apply them to our lives, we will be blessed indeed. Shall we just close in a, in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You and praise You that we are the children of God. Lord, if we didn't read it in the Word, we wouldn't believe it, because it's so incredible to be children of the living God. And we thank you that you love us, and you care for us, and you're patient with us. And we pray that we will be obedient to you and have faith in you and trust. And Lord, depend on you for everything, the bigger things and the littler things. And help us, Lord, not to make life more complicated. And help us to not doubt or fear or worry or be anxious, but just to put it in the hands of our Father knowing that you're going to take care of us, Lord. And we praise you and thank you for Mia and for Micah and pray that you will bring them up in the fear of the Lord and their parents will be uh, so happy. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you as your children. In Jesus' name.